Hi, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I want to thank you for joining us today online. I want you to go right now before we get started and download our app. You can download it from the Apple App Store or from the Google Play Store by simply searching Word of Life Carlsbad. If you would like to give today, then you can give online by going to our app or our website, or you can also text 84321, and when you search, just search Word of Life Carlsbad. Praise God. Well, I am excited to share the Word of God with you for the first time in 2006, uh, 2006. <laughs> my goodness, where have I been? 2019, praise God, praise God, hallelujah. It is the sixth, and that's what was on my mind, it is the sixth day of 2019, okay. Now that we got that cleared up, hallelujah. Who's ready for some word today? Praise God. We've got some kids ready to be dismissed to their bridge class. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Last week, I laid some groundwork for what I'm going to begin to share today and uh, the things that we're going to talk about this week. You know, it's important for us to go back periodically and remind ourselves of who we are as a church. And, you know, what our purpose is and what, uh, you know, how, how we think and how we do things. And, uh, you know, um, it's important for you, you know, if you consider this to be your church, you need to know these things. Praise God. You need to know what our purpose is. Now, I realize, I mean, I, I happen to think that... Uh, um, well, I, I would say that it's the best way to do things, but let me say it's the best way for us to do things, okay? Because we believe that this is what God has called us to, and we believe that this is the purpose that we have. And, uh, you know, and I, I recognize that not everybody can, uh, can latch a hold of what our vision is. Not everybody can get a hold of this. Not everybody can go down that road. And, uh, and, and that's okay. Uh, you know, I hear a question asked a lot of times, why are there so many different churches? Well, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's different purposes and different, uh, uh, different visions and different objectives, but we're all directed towards the same thing, and we approach it from different directions and different ways of getting to the same goal. And the goal is, uh, you know, I've got to... I've got a friend uh, uh, that says it this way, plundering hell and, and populating heaven. Plundering hell and populating heaven. And, that, you know, that's, that's, what we're, uh, that's what we're all about. That's what we want to do. We, you know, we want to get as many people to heaven as we possibly can. Praise God. And so um, there are some people that respond to one thing, there are other people that respond to something else, and whatever that takes, you know, we're not, we're not here to criticize the way somebody else does things, but we need to know how we do things. Praise God. Praise God. And so, uh, you know, it's very important that you know what we're all about. Praise God. So let's just lift one hand and let's say this together. Say, Father, I thank you for your word. Your word is spirit and life to me. I believe with all my heart that your word, sown in good ground, produces good fruit. Father, I am good ground for your word. I'm a doer of the word, not a hearer only, and I am blessed in my deeds. And I rejoice today, Father, because you sent the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to me. So I call on you today, Holy Spirit, to do that work in my life. I'll receive truth, act upon it, be changed by it, and I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I want to take just a moment before we get into this to welcome our online audience. Uh, thank you for joining us today. And if, uh, <clears throat> and if something that you, that, that you hear today ministers to you, um, 
feel free to go ahead and text that out or Facebook message that out or, or just post it or whatever. If you post it, uh, I was told before service this morning to tell you to use the hashtag, this is us. Hashtag this is us. And that way we get everybody's comments and you can find all those. Praise God. And uh, so if you would do that, we would appreciate it. And, and if you are watching us online, just open up your heart now. God's got a word for you today. Praise God. And, and uh, be ready to receive what God's got in store for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Last week, like I said, we laid some groundwork for this. And let me just say this today in, in starting that, you know, our core value number three. Now, out front here, we've got a big poster with our core values. If you've never read those, uh, take a few minutes and do that uh, before you leave today. Praise God. And read, read those core values. But our core value number three says this. We think of you as family. From the moment you walk into Word of Life, we consider you our family. Every member valuable and special with a special purpose and function. We think of you as family. Now, today, we're going to focus in on that aspect of being family and what it means to be a part of a family. Praise God. And I know that, uh, you know, we've got uh, a lot of different uh, families represented here today and the way you do things in your family may not be the same way we do things in my family. So uh, so we're going to talk about the way we do things in this family, this church family. Praise God. And uh, the, the, the kind of mentality that we have and the way we think about things. Praise God. You know, and uh, um, family... First point this morning is that a family communicates. A family communicates. You know, I, I hear parents saying, well, my kids don't talk to me. I don't talk to my kids. My kids don't talk to me. We're, we, don't, we don't communicate. We have a communication problem. Husband and wife, communication problem. Well, sadly, we see the same thing in churches that people don't communicate. A lot of times we don't have any idea what is going on with people, and you realize, okay, I'm one person, Pastor Jason, you know, he, he uh, helps me with that, but even, even with both of us, we're two people, and, uh, you know, it is much easier when you have something going on in your life that you need prayer about, that you need advice, that you need pastoral counseling on, that you need, you know, uh, it is much easier, works much better if you call us rather than hoping we call you. You know, do you realize, see, to, to expect the pastor to check up on you every week or every other week, uh, that's small thinking. That, that's very small thinking. A church cannot grow with that kind of a mentality. It's not that we don't want to check up on you. It's not that we don't care. It's not. But you see, we're two, and there are, you know, a couple of hundred of you, and we get everybody here at once. There's, there's, uh, two hundred plus people, and so you know, uh, for us to check every week and, and you know and try to keep up with what is going on with you, we need the communication to come back the other way. Praise God. In order for us to do our job effectively. Well, I don't want to bother them. No, bother us. Okay? All right? Because that's what we're here for. We love you, and we want to minister to you, but we need you to communicate back this way. Praise God. i got a friend that says, my phone works both ways. You know, my phone works both ways. It receives calls as well as makes calls. Praise God. So family communicates. Um, in Proverbs chapter 27, verse number 23, says, Be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds. 
Now, throughout the scripture, the people of God, the family of God, are referred to as sheep or flocks, the flock of God, okay? And so, um, because, you know, there's a lot of similarities in, in people and sheep, okay? And so, um, therefore, it's referred to as flocks. So, he says, know the state of your flocks, but I need your help to know the state of my flocks, Okay, I've got to have the communication from you. Praise God. Now, if if I'm aware of a uh, of a crisis, then uh, you know I've had I've honestly there was a time when if someone was at the emergency room or somebody had a family crisis, they would expect their pastor to just show up. Okay, um, but today we're in a little different culture, and sometimes they, people actually don't want their pastors there. I mean, it's, honestly, I don't know. Looking for a mic. Praise God. But sometimes I honestly don't know whether I should go or not. Uh, because sometimes other family members may have a conflict, may have a problem. Now I got two. So, no. <laughs> but uh, with, with, with that said, you know, if you call me, I don't care what time of night it is, and you say, Pastor, could you come? I will be there. I will be there. I, I, I promise you that. I will be there. But I don't want to come in and cause a rift between you and another family member because, well, they're pastors here and, you know, and, and we really don't believe that way and we don't like that church and we don't, you know, uh, and it upsets us because they go to that church and, you know, this you understand what I'm saying. But if you call me, send a message to me, and you say, Pastor, can you come? I promise you I will be there. Praise God. Praise God. And so I need to know the state of my flocks, but I need your help to know the state. Praise God. Praise God. Then secondly, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 12, it says, we beseech you, therefore, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. So, not only am I to know the state of my flocks, but I'm inviting you to know me. You know, I try to be pretty transparent. I don't just... Uh, uh, you know, I, I want you to know about me and, uh, you know, if you ask me questions, I'm going to answer your questions. I'm going to talk to you. If you want to have a sit-down conversation and you want to know what I'm thinking about something, then uh, uh, come see me. Call me. You know, I I'm available to you, and I want you to know me. Praise God. Here it says, brethren, know them which labor among you, and this is out of the King James Version. Uh, the New King James Version says recognize them. Uh, but the, the Old King James Version says know them, which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Now, I'm not over you in the sense that I want to run your life. I've, I've got no interest in running your life. I've got enough to do to try to run mine, okay? And sometimes I don't do such a great job at that. But, uh, but know them that labor among you and are over you in the Lord. Praise God. And so, you know, as, as far as the church family goes, as the church body goes, 
Uh, you know, I am the shepherd of the flock. I am the, the pastor of the church. I am the chief overseer of this local expression of the church. And so um, as a part of the body, as it relates to the church, I am over you in the Lord. Praise God. And so, um, you know, I, I find it that, that many times people live their lives completely separate from the church family, and the only, the only connection you have with your church family is when you show up on Sunday morning, and that's it. That's it, you know. So how can we really do the job that God's called us to do if that's all we ever, all, all the contact we ever have with you? Praise God. You know, I really, I really do take my job very seriously and I really do want to do what the Lord has called me to do with relation to this body. So do not ever hesitate to, to try to get to know me a little bit better. Praise God. My wife a little bit better. You know, Jason and his family a little bit better. Get, get to know us. We hope you'll like us. Can't guarantee that, but, you know, most people do, um, or at least I think so. At least, if not, they sure pretend well. But, uh, you know, anyway, get to know us. Praise God. Then secondly, number two, a family fellowships. A family fellowships. You know, where did you go most likely, you know? Most of you spent the recent holidays with family. Most of you, know, not everybody did, but most, most people spent holidays with family. And that, why? Because that's what family does. That's what, you know, your, your family, well, they expect you to come by on Thanksgiving. They expect you to come by on Christmas. They expect you, you know, to have some interaction with the family. And we talk about that Christmas is a time for families and, you know, and this kind of thing. Well, family fellowships with one another. And once again, and we've expanded this out, I said, you know, I expect you to know me, but not just me. There are a lot of other members of this family too. Praise God. I encourage you, get to know some members of the family that maybe you didn't know very well before. Praise God. Praise God. I encourage you, get to know the members of the family because we all have something to contribute. Praise God. Invite somebody that you don't really know very well. Invite them over to lunch or dinner or, you know, just to, just to spend a little time. Go, go to coffee, whatever, but get to know one another. Praise God. It's very important. Praise God. Acts chapter 2, verse number 46. Get this. Now, you got to realize that the beginning of the church in the book of Acts, was a very rapid-growing church. You know, I mean, Peter got up on the day of Pentecost, and he preached a sermon, and 3,000 were added to the church that day. So they were growing very rapidly. And, uh, you know, it didn't stop from there. It went on, and they continued to grow very rapidly. But here, look at this, Acts chapter 2, verse 46. It says, so they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praise God. They, uh, they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread where from house to house. So it wasn't just the temple. Yes, they went to the temple. But they broke bread from house to house as well. Praise God. 
So let's, let's follow the pattern. Invite somebody to your house. Somebody invites you to their house. Go. Praise God. Go fellowship with them. Go get to know them. Hallelujah. And, you know, and I like this. It says, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Didn't have to be anything complicated. Simplicity. I, I like uh, the scripture. You know, it, it's, these are simple things. Praise God. Praise God. And then Hebrews chapter 10 Verse number 24 um, says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Now, first of all, you know, I like you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but I, I like you and I like to be around you. Praise God. I like to fellowship. You know, it is the highlight of my day when I can come, or my week, when I can come together with the people of God and fellowship with you. Praise God. Because family fellowships, I like you and I like to be around you. Praise God. Praise God. And, uh, you know, then it says this, we just read, stirring up love and good works. Stirring up love and good works. Praise God. And so how are you going to stir up love and good works if you don't ever have contact with one another? How are you going to stir up love and good works? You know, I, I remember one time in uh, a church that we attended before we came here that there was a man in that church that was all the time griping about how unfriendly the church was. But this guy came in during about the third song during praise and worship every week, and he left during the closing prayer. And nobody ever saw him or heard from him in between. And he complained constantly that the church was unfriendly. Now, how in the world can you stir up love and good works when you do that? How can you stir up love and good works when you don't have contact with one another? Now, this word stir up, I like this word because it, it, it could be used in a positive or a negative sense. And, and, and it really means this. It's if, if I was to say, well, so -so, they just rubbed me the wrong way. That's exactly what this word stir up means, except it's not the wrong way, it's the right way. Okay? This, this person just provokes me to love and good works. They, they make me want to be better. Praise God. See, here's what he's saying. He said, you be the person that makes somebody else want to be better. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't be the person that's always trying to, to antagonize. Don't be the person that's always trying to stir somebody up and makes them want to punch you in the face. You know, be the person that makes them want to do good, that makes them want to love, that makes them want to do better. Praise God. We're talking about the way family behaves. Praise God. Praise God. Stirring up love and good works. And notice how that verse started out. Let us consider one another. Let us consider one another. So in other words, when you live your day-to-day -day life, consider how it affects how, how what you do, how you live, how it affects someone else, the other family members. Praise God. Praise God. There are some people that they don't take any thought to how their actions are going to affect someone else. We need to take thought of that. He says, consider one another. Praise God. 
Praise God. Now, the third thing the family does, family forgives. Family forgives. Now, this might not be one you want to hear about, but, you know, Matthew chapter 18, verse number 21 says this, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Now, Peter thought he was doing, I mean, he, he thought he was really thinking out of the box seven times, you know. Some people struggle with once, okay? But he's saying, Lord, surely not more than seven, you know. If I do seven times, man, I have really stretched and gone out of my way to forgive this person seven times. Jesus said, I don't say to you seven times. I say 70 times seven. In other words, by the time you get to 70 times seven, you should have lost track. Praise God. In fact, if you haven't lost track, you haven't really forgiven. Praise God. You haven't really forgiven. Now you say, well, how can I do that? Well, Peter was wondering that. You know, okay, Lord, how am I going to do that? How am I going to forgive 70 times 7? Now, get, get this. In Luke chapter 7, verse number 47, it says, Therefore I say to you, her sins, this is talking about the, the, the woman that came to Jesus and, you know, she wept and, and anointed his feet and dried, her, dried his feet with her hair and, you know, and, and they were being critical of her, you know, uh, uh, and really being critical of him for uh, allowing this woman to, to even be near him. But Jesus said this. He says, therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. He wasn't saying that she's forgiven because she loved much. He was saying that she loves much because she is forgiven much. She loves much because she has been forgiven much. Now, that, that's an important thing. Why do we love the Lord? We love the Lord, the Scripture says, because he first loved us. Praise God. We love him because he first loved us. Now, how many of you have been forgiven much. Yeah. You know, when you recognize you've been forgiven much, and we all have been, it is the person who thinks they've only been forgiven a little bit or, or not at all. It's that person that has trouble loving. It's that person that has trouble forgiving. But the person who knows they've been forgiven much and are conscious of the fact that they have been forgiven much has no trouble loving much. Praise God. Praise God. Now, he said, her sins, which for many are forgiven. How can you forgive 70 times 7? Because you realize you've probably been forgiven more than that. Praise God. And when we are conscious of how much we have been forgiven, you say, well, I hadn't done anything wrong. You are an arrogant, self-righteous person, if that's what you think. You have done plenty wrong, and so have I. So have I. You know, we have been forgiven, and when we are conscious of the fact that we have been forgiven much, then we have no trouble loving much. And so when you, when a, every, every single one of us, we have been hurt by somebody at some time. Difference is, some people get over it, some people don't. You know, I for one, I choose to get over it. I've been hurt by, by people that I go to church with. I've been hurt by people that I have 
spent untold hours ministering to and helping and trying to encourage them. And then, you know, but that's not, you know, I don't like to talk about that. I don't need to talk about that. Why? I've forgiven them, but I've forgiven them because I know I've been forgiven. Now, I have hurt people inadvertently. I didn't even know that I hurt someone. I've, I've hurt people and then found out a, a long time later that I hurt them. And I was not even aware of it. You know, how many things have we done wrong? You know, you think about what, what is sin? You know, if, if I ask that question, I, I ask everyone, you know, write down secretly what sin is to you. And, you, you know, we're going to drop that in a bucket and we're going to read your answers. You know, we would probably get a sin list but really, here's what the Bible says sin is. All have sinned, and then he tells us what sin is. Come short of the glory of God. Now, when we start defining sin as coming short of the glory of God, mm, we, we get a lot more of us that way. See, because every one of us have come short of the glory of God. Every one of us. Our lives have not measured up to what the full measure of the stature of Christ is, of what his glory is. None, we don't measure up to that. And so, therefore, you know, we've been forgiven much because you can't even number the times you've come short of the glory of God. I wake up in the morning short of the glory of God. Praise God. But he has forgiven me every single time that I have come short of the glory of God. Now, when I begin to think about that and begin to realize that, then I begin to realize how much I have been forgiven. Family forgives. Family forgives. Number four, family sticks together. Family sticks together, all right? I, I like to say this. I will defend you until you make it impossible. I will defend you until you make it impossible. I had a lady call me one day and was complaining about one of you. Okay, I'm not going to tell you which one. But this, this lady did not go to our church. This lady was, a, was an outsider, someone I didn't know. But she was complaining about someone that went to our church. And she wanted me to arrange a meeting and, and, and talk about this, uh, you know. And I said, okay, you know, I'm, I'm will, I'll arrange the meeting. I'll be a mediator. I said, but I want you to know something. I've known this person for a long time. This person is, is, is close to me. This person has attended our church. And if we, if we have this meeting, you need to know something. I'm biased. I said, I'm biased in their favor. Why? Because they're family. I don't know you. You know. I don't know you, so I'm going to be biased. And it goes back to this. I, I will defend you until you make it impossible. There have been some people that have done some things that, I'm sorry, I couldn't find a way to defend it. I tried, you know. I, I tried, and if I can't defend what you did, I will defend your heart that I know, you know. I, I will try to find a way. It's kind of like a defense attorney when they know their, their client is guilty. You know, you still defend them and you find some other way to, to, to have a defense for this person. Well, that's, that's the way I am with you. I'm going to defend you until you make it impossible for me to do so. Praise God. 
Praise God. And, you know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 7, in the Amplified Classic Edition, it says this, Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. So even if I can't find a way to defend you, I'm still going to love you. Okay? Even if I can't, I'll try to find a way to defend you, but if, I, if, if you make it impossible and I can't defend you, I'll still love you. Praise God. Praise God. Now, it says that love is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Now, I was talking to someone recently and they were frustrated with, with, with another individual that, that I'm very close to and know very well. And my response was, I know them and I know they didn't mean that the way you took it. I know this person that you're frustrated with. I know them very well. I know their heart. And I know that they did not mean that the way you took it. So please reconsider what you're thinking here. You know, I couldn't deny what they did. They did it. But they didn't mean it the way it was being taken. I know that. I know their heart. Praise God. Praise God. So, family sticks together. Praise God. And then number five, family participates. And I've said it this, time, this, this way many times, that you cannot get the full benefit or enjoy the full benefit of the Christian life unless you fully participate. The level to which you participate has a direct bearing on the level to which you can enjoy the Christian life. Some people get tired of the Christian life because they don't participate in the Christian life. Participating in the Christian life means connecting with one another, connecting with family, being, you know, we... We organize and create an environment where you can come and be a part. Where you can come and, you know, and uh, fellowship with one another and be a part of what's going on. Participating, that means when there's something going on. I had someone, actually, who had visited the church one time. This week, and actually, they, they sent me a message a few days ago and said, uh, Is there anything going on at the church Saturday? Do you need some help? This person had only been here one time. They're not here this morning, but the reason they're not here this morning, they also sent me a message and said, I got called out to work. So they communicated. See, they're communicating already. They're getting this idea, you know. I want to be a part of this. I like what I saw here. I want to be a part of this. So I got called out to work. So I'm letting you know I would be there otherwise. They're, they're participating. They want to know if there's anything going on that I can participate in that I can contribute to? Do you need some help with anything? Praise God. Praise God. You know, I, I love that. I love to hear those kinds of things, you know. And uh, really, let, let's remember something. This is your family if you choose to be a part. You know, if you don't, if you don't want to be, that's fine. We'll still love you. At my house, there are people that come into my house that are not my family. 
I love them. I welcome them to my house. If, if you are here today, you don't want to be a part of this family. You just want to come and show up every once in a while. We'll love you. We'll minister to you. We'll try to help you. We are glad that you're here. We wish you would be a part of the family. We want you to be. But we'll still love you whether you are or not. Praise God. And so, anyway, somebody get that phone. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're here. Come on over. <laughs> Praise God. But um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 16 says this. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. That's family stuff right there. Every part does its share. Uh, you know, why do I have to wash the dishes? You used them to eat out of, right? You know, any, any parents ever told your kids that? You know, well, why do I have to clean my room? It's your room. All right? You, you live in this house. You are a family member in this house. And so, therefore, yes, you have to clean your room. And, yes, you have to wash your dishes. And, you know, okay? Because every part, every member of the family does their share. Praise God. Praise God. Now, notice this. When we do that, when every part does its share, it causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. It causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 7. It says, so let each one give. Who's supposed to give? All the wealthy people in the church? No, he says each one. Each one is supposed to give. How much are they supposed to give? Well, let's see what it goes on and says. Let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Uh, each one give as he purposes in his heart. Then he says this, not grudgingly or of necessity. Now, under the law, if you didn't bring the tithe, you couldn't expect to be blessed. But in reality... You were blessed before you had a tithe to bring. If you want to be honest about it, they were blessed before they had, that's why they had a tithe to bring. If they hadn't been blessed, they wouldn't have had, a, they wouldn't, you know, a tenth of nothing is nothing. They wouldn't have had anything to bring. And so, uh, you know, the, the thing was that the, the priests were commanded to, Take the tithes from the people. Under the new covenant, we're told to give as we purpose in our heart. Why? Because your heart ought to be abundant. When you realize, it's just like we talked about love. You love because you were loved. You forgive because you were forgiven. We give because we have been blessed. And when you begin to think that you don't have, you know, when, when you start thinking, well, I haven't been blessed, you know, everything I have, I, I earned it all, I worked for it all, you just put yourself over under law. When you, when you begin to think like that, you, begin, you just put yourself under law because you said, Jesus didn't do this for me, I did it for myself, you know. My own works, the labor of my hand that has gotten me this wealth. You know, when, when you begin to think that way, 
you put yourself under law. If you want to operate under grace, grace it abounds. Grace is abundant. Grace says, I have been so blessed, my heart purposes that I want to give. Praise God. Family participates, and that means that family labors together. When there's work to be done, when there's a job to be done, family does the job, not one member of the family. That's not the way it's supposed to work. Now, I know moms a lot of times is, is the person that, but let me, let me tell you something. Mom, don't let your kids get away with that, okay? All right? Now, I'm, I'm messing around with something here, but, you know, moms, don't let your kids do that to you. Make them do the dishes sometimes. That doesn't mean they're the only ones either. Don't flip that thing over either. But let, make sure each one does its share. Praise God. Praise God. That's another lesson altogether. But not only does family labor together, but family also gives Praise God. So if you are a part of the family, you need to be contributing to the family. Praise God. Praise God. Here's what he says. Let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now when you read on the poster out there that we think of you as family, you know, we want you to be a part of the family. And this is what family does. This is, this is what it means to be a part of a family. Hallelujah. We all have unique talents. We all have unique skills. We have, all have, we are from different places. We are from different backgrounds. You know, we are multiracial. We are both genders. We are, you know, we are unique and different. We have different educations. We have different jobs. We have different places that we go to. We have, you know, but each one participates using what God has blessed you with praise God praise God and so you know I know this has not been a shouting hallelujah kind of sermon but you need to know what it means to be a part of a family and you need to know if you never thought about what it means I'm asking you to step up I'm asking you to step up I'm asking you to step up and be a contributing member of the family. Why? Because we have we have important stuff to do. We, we've got real important stuff to do. We've got the most important message that has ever been told. And we need to get this message out because there is a world out there that is in dire need of us to function like God called us to function. You know, I, I asked somebody just a week or so ago that was just kind of floundering around. I said, when, when are you going to get yourself together? Because there are people that are waiting on you to get yourself together. Quit thinking about you all the time and get yourself together because there are people out there that are, they're, they're eternal, uh, their eternity may be dependent upon you getting yourself together. All right? Now, I'm going to say that on, on behalf of this church family. There are people whose eternity is dependent on us functioning like God designed us to function. And so, I'm calling on you 
I'm asking you to step up and be a contributing member of a family here. We've got important things to do. We've got lives that hang in the balance. And, you know, Jesus died for them, but somebody has to tell them. That's our function. Praise God. He died for them. He paid the price for their sins, but it does them no good if they don't know it. Doesn't mean a thing if they don't know it. What Jesus did is irrelevant if they don't know. And so we have got to be on our game. We've got to be functioning like the family, you know. Let, let's not be a dysfunctional family. Let's function like the Lord Jesus Christ himself designed and ordained that we should function. Praise God. Praise God. And if you got something out of that, say amen. amen. All right. I, I take that as a, we're going to get this job done. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, if you're watching us today, you see, we do what we do because we love you. We do what we do because Jesus loves you. And we want God's best for your life. Praise God. God's best for your life can only happen if you have received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. So I want to give you that opportunity right now. Whether you're sitting in this room or whether you're watching online, I want to ask you to pray a prayer with me. And if you pray what I pray and you believe it in your heart, you actually believe what you're saying, and God's word says you will be saved. Praise God. So right now, just everyone in here, please repeat this after me. Say, so God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, to pay for my sins so that I wouldn't have to pay for them. Right now, I choose Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I believe, God, that you raised him from the dead and that if I receive him, I will be saved. I receive him. I receive the salvation you're offering right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Well, thank you once again for joining us today online. We want to connect with you, and we can do so one of three ways. You can email us, church at wolcarlsbad.com. You can connect with us via our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash wolcarlsbad. Or you can click contact us via our app or our website. We would love to hear from you, and we want you to know that God is madly in love with you. Thanks for joining us.